This is TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Over 2 million men worldwide choose Manscaped for all their below-the-waist needs. For those that love the Lawnmower 3.0, well, I got news for you. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0. The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. The new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all through additional guards lengths, sizes one through four. And looks wise, it's sleek with a two-tone matte and gloss finish, even features a hot foil stamp, black chrome Manscaped logo. Show your moral off loud and proud. Go to manscaped.com, use the promo code State of Saints, and you will save 20% off of the lawnmower 4.0 as well as other Manscaped items. That's manscaped.com. Going on with that nation, it is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. And I want to say thank you to everybody uh, that was giving uh, my son Paxton well wishes. Uh, it's been a few days since I did a show. Um, Paxton was a little bit under the weather, so I was, uh, you know, taking care of him and. Uh, <laughs> The funny thing happened, uh, me taking care of him, I ended up getting a little bit sick, you know, like with my voice and everything like that. But, uh, you know, that's just the way it goes, man. That's just parenting, right? And also, I want to uh, wish every uh, father out there a happy Father's Day. You know, I, I want to uh, give a shout out to all the dads out there going hard for their kids, man. You know, I mean, sometimes uh, these dads out here don't get a fair shake, man. You know, you got some out there that don't handle their business so it makes it hard for guys that do but the ones that's out there going hard for their kids the ones that's putting in at work and um really being a role models for the kids uh shouts out to you happy father's day to you and also all of all the men out there that you know that are father figures in, in kids lives man because i mean that that goes a, a long way so shouts out to you but let's go ahead and talk a little bit about chris richard okay that's the topic of conversation chris richard and to be honest with you, I don't think I had a show primarily focused on Chris Richard. I remember uh, maybe like a couple years ago, I did a show when uh, the Saints needed, uh, you know, a, a secondary coach when I was very frustrated with Aaron Glenn uh, as a secondary coach. He was a name that I brought up, uh, Chris Richard, but I, I never really talked about him. And, 
in the hiring of uh, Chris Richard in, in, in deep detail. Um, first off, um, I think that this was a really good hire by New Orleans Saints. And to me, this is actually an upgrade from Aaron Glenn. Like now, Aaron Glenn did change the way that I thought about him uh, on his way out. I mean, he, he became a much better secondary coach. But there was still something missing from the Saints secondary. There was still something missing that I felt like the Saints needed and Aaron Glenn didn't give the secondary. Um, I was listening to an interview that Aaron Glenn did, and, you know, I, I can understand why guys love him so much. I mean, he's passionate. He loves the game. He's a former player in his own right, and it was really good. You know, I can remember Aaron Glenn playing uh, for the Saints. I can remember Aaron Glenn playing for the Jets. Um, you know, I, I can remember uh, him, you know, and he was a really, really good uh, cornerback. Uh, but <clears throat> I just feel like there's a difference uh, in the philosophies of Chris Richard and Aaron Glenn. Aaron Glenn is mostly a guy, you know, that'll probably put his arm around you when you get beat on a play and tell you everything's going to be okay. It's okay, man. Everything's going to work out. Uh, Chris Richard is, is more of a hands-on type guy. He's a guy that's going to get out there with you, put hands on the secondary player, you know, shift your hips from left to right, really going to be so fully involved in your technique. And I feel like that's something that Aaron Glenn did not do. And I understand that guys' confidence needs to develop. It needs to grow, right? If he's out there getting beaten, the, the wide receiver is getting the best of him. You don't need to hear, oh, man, you're getting smoked, you're getting roasted and toasted up out there. You don't need to hear all that right now. I'm pretty sure you already know. But at the same time, there should be an accountability factor uh, that, you know, I feel like coaches need to have in real time. And Aaron Glenn said he wouldn't tell him when they're out there on the field. He'll probably, you know, bring it up in the classroom and say, what should you have done here? Well, these guys know what they should have done. But at the same time, sometimes these guys need help with their technique. And I feel like that's what Chris Richard is going to come in. Chris Richard is an extremely passionate coach. Uh, you know, everywhere he went, uh, he, he left, you know, he, he left a positive, uh, he left positive results, man. You look at the Seattle Seahawks, uh, you know, the Legion of Boom. He had a very young Richard Sherman, a very young Earl Thomas, a very young Cam Chancellor, Byron Maxwell. You know, he, he had a very young secondary, man, and he turned those guys into a very formidable group, one of the most well-respected secondaries in NFL history. Then he goes to the Dallas Cowboys along with Rod Marinelli, and to me, I just feel like it was more of his defense than it was Rod Marinelli because it was to a point where you seen Chris Richard really heavily involved and you see Rob Marinelli up there in the booth. So Chris Richard was down there on the ground and the Dallas Cowboys, man, they were playing damn good. I mean, you look at guys like Lathan Vander Esch, Jalen Smith. I mean, those two guys, man, were up there as being two of the best linebackers in football. And you can really see the result of him leaving the Dallas Cowboys and Mike Nolan coming in. You can tell like there was something that was missing. That tells you everything that you need to know right there about the, the results and, and, and the passion and, and, and the presence of a Chris Richard. Look, this is an upgrade. To me, Chris Richard is the most underrated coach in football. Not only do I feel like he should be a secondary coach, not only do I feel like he should be a defensive coordinator, hell, I go even further. I feel like this guy is a head coach. You know, he's a head coach in waiting. The fact that this guy was out of football last year is a damn shame. I, I'm serious, man. You can't tell me that – there wasn't a play for a Chris Richard on somebody's defensive staff 
or that I mean, no, I don't even think this guy even had an interview. If he did, I don't, I don't remember him having one of hearing it being mentioned. This guy is a, a guy that is not going to be in this position for a long period of time. He is going to end up being a head coach one day. I don't know when, but I can see it in the foreseeable future, him being a head coach. And this also helps out a lot if, you know, somebody like Dennis Allen leaves and gets another opportunity at being a head coach. Now, Dennis Allen did get an interview with the Philadelphia Eagles job. He didn't get it. But still, that showed you right there that, you know, if the Saints defense start to get better, Dennis Allen is most likely going to leave. And you can easily replace him with Chris Richard and might end up being much better defensively than you were with Dennis Allen. Excuse me. But anyway, the secondary, are they going to be better? Absolutely. The reason I feel like the secondary is going to get better because what I just mentioned, the technique, the technique of the New Orleans Saints secondary needs some work. Now, these guys do a really good job at being where they need to be. The problem is when they get there, their back is turned. So it's it's two things that can happen here, right? It's rather the, the wide receiver going to catch the ball because you don't see it coming, or you're going to panic and you're going to put your hands on a wide receiver before the ball gets there and it leads to a pass interference. And we know earlier in the season last year, I mean, the Saints, I mean, it wasn't a ball that couldn't go in the air and they didn't get pass interference somehow. So that, that means that they t- their technique needs a little bit of work. And I feel like Chris Richard can do that. Teaching guys, you know, you know how to be able to turn their head around in order for them to make better plays. Also, I, help, I think that it's going to help them when it comes to turning the ball over. You know, I think the Saints uh, can really, uh, you know, use more turnovers. I, I think that defensively they do a really good job. And one thing I can say, the fact that they don't get as many turnovers and the defense is as formidable as it was, uh, late last season, uh, it, it tells you a lot about the New Orleans Saints because they don't really get a lot of turnovers, man. This isn't like it was in 09 where it was like they was getting turnover after turnover. You know, these guys are, you know, forcing three and out, uh, you know, uh, you know, making defensive stands. It, it's not so much about them getting interceptions. And I feel like Chris Richard can actually help them in that regards. And, and, and it should. You know, when you got guys like – Paulson Adebo, who's uh, pretty sure-handed at, at cornerback. When you got somebody like Marcus Williams, who's really sure-handed, a, a little bit of a ball hawk. Even somebody like Lattimore, you know, if he's around the football, he'll get an interception or two. When you have guys like this, you should be able to get a lot of interceptions, especially when you got safety, a safety like Marcus Williams. I mean, you think about, you know, Darren Sharper back in the day, right, when he was playing in the middle of the field and, Every time, you know, you've just seen Darren Sharp. I think he had maybe nine interceptions in that Super Bowl run. I, I can see somebody like Marcus Williams leading the league in interceptions because that's one thing you can say about Marcus Williams. Marcus Williams, if he's around the football, he's going to pick it off. It, it, he's going it, to. It's going to be an interception, and that, that's something that I, I know for a fact that the Saints can, you know, benefit from. And Paulson Adebo, a, a guy who uh, is young, and a lot of people say, "Oh man, he's a." You know, he, he he needs some work. He's raw. I, I don't buy that, man. I, I think that this guy is smarter than a lot of people will give him credit for. I think he's more talented than people give him credit for. And it's much easier for us to just say all these things because he didn't play last year in a Pac-12 for Stafford. This guy was a first-round draft pick, but he ended up sitting out, and we all know how that went. And not to mention uh, the year before he actually set out, I think he ended up getting hurt. 
So there was only a little small sample size, but this guy has all, he has all the tools to be a really good, solid cornerback. And I just think that in the right system with the right leadership, he's going to be really good. And I think that he's coming in at, at a really good time. And so is Chris Richard, because this is a guy that he could actually mold to be uh, one of those guys that can really be formidable in the national football league. And then you have guys like Marshawn Lattimore, who's, who's good. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of people say that he's not elite. I think that he has elite tendencies. I think on any given Sunday, he's elite. But that consistency thing is what, you know, makes people raise their eyebrows and say, man, you know, he ain't all that. I believe that Marshawn Lattimore is an elite corner. I think Chris Richard is really going to be, you know, really be pushing him, especially him emerging as being one of the leaders of the secondary now. I mean, you're not a rookie anymore, okay? Guys are going to be looking at you for your leadership. Guys are going to be counting on you to be where you need to be, and you're going to have to be that leader to some of these young cats, especially uh, since we don't know who is going to be the number two corner. You know, there, there's still some unanswered questions. There's still guys out there that the Saints could possibly sign. Besides that, there are a lot of young guys, and these guys are looking at Marshawn Lattimore being like, okay, man, wh- what are we going to do? You know, what, what direction are we going to go in? You know, what things I need to work on? And, you know, attitude reflects leadership, right? If you're out there balling out, going to make those other guys want to ball out as well. So I feel like Chris Richard is going to be able to help guys like Lattimore become better, you know, be a little bit more consistent because I can see him like really getting on this guy. And everybody's using the word passionate, you know, when they talk about Chris Richard, you know, when he talked to the secondary, they were talking about you can feel the passion. And I don't think that just that's just going to be in a classroom. I think that's going to be on the field as well. Now, it might lead to some uh, frustration on the sidelines because probably they're not used to that. Uh, when you look at guys like a, a Marcus Williams, a Marshawn Lattimore, I mean, these guys only were used to one voice, and that was A.G., Aaron Glenn. <clears throat> but, you know, a guy that's probably a little bit different, it's probably going to take them some time to, you know, be on the same page. But I think that they're going to uh, – I think he's going to bring out the best in those guys. I, I really I, I really honestly do. So looking forward to seeing what Chris Richard is going to do this season. Looking forward to seeing if the secondary is going to improve. Hopefully they improve in turnovers because they really need some, man. I think that really – would help the Saints offense. The defense is going to have to step it up this season. They really are, man. They, they don't have that. They, they don't have that certainty at the quarterback position. No, no disrespect to any one of those guys. But when you looked at Drew Brees, you know what you had, right? You know, if, if something went wrong, you had a quarterback that was capable of erasing a deficit like that, right? But you don't know what these guys, right? You, you don't know, especially these guys are new coming into a new system. The defense is really going to have to step it up. They're going to have to resemble, to me, they're going to have to resemble that that five-game run when Teddy Bridgewater was the quarterback. Not to say that Jameis or Taysom or whoever the quarterback may be won't be able to uh, do what they need to do, but I'm saying, like, they're really going to have to count on the defense. You know, they're going to have to count on this defense to make stops, get off the field on third down, and get the ball back to the offense. So, this is going to be one of those years where the defense is going to really have to uh, lead the team. You know, like, I mean, for years, the offense has been the catalyst for the New Orleans Saints. It, it, it's pro- you'll have to probably have to go back to when Jim Hasler was the coach the last time the defense was the one that, that led the team. Uh, this year, when you look at all of these seasoned veterans that are on the defensive side of the ball, guys like Demario Davis, guys like Cam Jordan, guys like 
Malcolm Jenkins. These guys are going to have to step up. You have Ung Sung, you know, well, I don't want to say Ung Sung, but undisputed, that yeah, is, undisputed leaders of, of each, on each level, right? Guys that not only are leaders in the Saints locker room, but in the NFL as a whole, these guys are well-respected. So that's one thing that the Saints have going for them. So this defense is really going to have to step it up and help this offense until, you know, I mean, it starts to like click and, and, and the quarterback, you know, really just starts to get it. Now they might come out the gate, you know, really hitting them out the park, right? Might see James out there slinging that thing around or Taysom slinging that thing around. The offense might look high power with like a mug. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I only thing I can do right now is assume, right? But I know for a fact that you have some good defensive players on the other side of the football, and they, they're going to have to resemble that of that five-game run <clears throat> when Teddy Bridgewater was the quarterback. But speaking of Jameis, man, you know, um, you know, I was uh, talking uh, to my brother, um, shout out to my, my big brother, EJ. I was talking to him about Jameis Winston, and, you know, I, I brought up some stats, and I decided to post the stats on social media. You can check it out on Facebook.com, search the State of the Saints podcast. And the stats were Jameis Winston's first five years in the league versus Drew Brees' uh, first five years with the Saints. And I didn't, I didn't have the picture up right here, um, unfortunately, but I'm, I'm going to go to my phone and I'm going to uh, tell you all about this because I just found it very interesting, okay? The first five years of Drew Brees being in the Saints uniform, he had 26 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. 28 touchdowns, 18 interceptions, 34 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, 34 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 33 touchdowns, 22 interceptions. Okay. And you had Jameis Winston first five years. He had 22 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, 28 touchdowns, 18 interceptions, 19 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 19 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, and 33 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. So the point that I was trying to make was, when you look at the interception rate of Jameis Winston <clears throat> and you look at almost like the interception rate of Drew Brees, it's not so much of a difference. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, Jameis Winston threw 30 interceptions, but honestly, Drew Brees threw 22 interceptions, you know, like, I mean, in his, first, I mean, in his fifth year with the New Orleans Saints. To me, I just feel like it, it all depends on the situation, Right. I can I can go back to that that 2010, you know what I'm saying, year where, you know, the, the year the Saints were removed uh from the Super Bowl. I can remember the Saints just trying to throw the ball all over the place. The defense was not really that good. They couldn't really stop anybody. And it caused for Drew Brees to put the ball in the air a lot. And with that, he threw a high volume of interceptions. Because at this time, I don't know what the heck was going on. Um in 2009, I think they were ranked third in the league in, in rushing. The 2010 season, I think they were like maybe like 12th or 13. I don't know what the heck was going on. You would think that they would actually go back to what made them, but I digress. But anyway, <clears throat> Drew Brees had to put the ball in the air quite a bit, right? When you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, one thing you can say, they're going to put the ball in the air. They throw the ball around a lot. A lot, a lot, a whole lot, right? And, and they really rarely ever ran the football. Now, you can say that they tried to commit to the run, but they didn't have anybody back there that can run the football. 
when Jameis first got to Tampa, I think Doug Martin was the running back, was really good, but he was always hurt. And because of that, they didn't really have anybody else that can carry the load like Doug Martin could. So they have to throw the football all over the place, which caused a lot of, inter, you know, him to throw interceptions. And even with that, I mean, I'm seeing 18, I'm seeing 11, I'm seeing 11. That's not really that much. I mean, the one anomaly is the 30 interceptions. And that's what a lot of people hang their hat on. They hang their hat on Jameis throwing those 30 interceptions and that's it. They act as if that's the only season this dude played. <clears throat> but it's not. It's not the only season that this dude has played. And I just feel like in the right system, this guy can be successful. And I don't understand like why people can't see that. I don't understand why people don't understand that I have my reservations. I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of people already know. I've, I've said it on countless occasions. There are some people out there that just don't like Jameis Winston. They just don't like him. They, you know, it's because of the 30 interceptions. Some people don't like him because he's black. Some people don't like him because of what he did when he was in college. I mean, whatever, you know what I'm saying? For all that, get in where you fit in. But those are some of the things that I feel like holds a lot of people from liking this guy. But me being a New Orleans Saints fan for a long time, me being a Saints fan since I, as long as I can remember, I already know, okay? You can't tell me anything about my city, all right? I, I'm, I'm from New Orleans, okay? Born and raised in the night ward. We, we've been over this countless times, right? I know my city. And there's one thing that can change the minds of every person that is reluctant to cheer for Jameis Winston. And that's winning, right? Because when Teddy Bridgewater, in 2018, week 17, when they played against the Carolina Panthers and he didn't really play that well or they only they had two backup offensive line in that game and he was out there, you know, getting sacked and, you know what I'm saying, and, and couldn't deliver the ball on time because he didn't have time. And people were like, man, this ain't it. Teddy ain't ready. Teddy ain't ready. When Drew Brees went down in that game versus the Rams, when Aaron, Do Aaron Donald uh, helmet hit uh, Drew Brees' thumb, uh, whatever, however it happened. Teddy Bridgewater came into the game and a lot of people felt like the same season was over. You know what I'm saying? People were saying it's over. It's over. It's a wrap. You had, you had NFC South foes laughing. Ah, man, y'all about to lose this, that, and the third. Ha, ha, ha. And all of a sudden, this guy wins five straight games. I remember the last game he really started, the crowd in the Superdome just started chanting Teddy. When they played against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he threw for four touchdowns. Everybody just starts chanting Teddy, Teddy, Teddy. And now, you know what I'm saying, when Teddy Bridgewater walked around the city, I mean, everybody cheering this guy. You know what I'm saying? Everybody became a Teddy Bridgewater fan, doing a motorbike, all that kind of stuff. So the thing about it is the one thing that will help a person is winning and playing hard. I can remember Mark Ingram. The first couple of years of Mark Ingram's Saints career, people were like, man, this dude looking like a bust. This dude looking like a scrub. All of a sudden, around year four, year five, the lights start to come on. The man started balling out. All of a sudden, when this man was going on to Baltimore, people were shedding tears like, man, dang, man, we're going to miss you, Mark. Same thing with Reggie Bush. Man, Reggie Bush, man, he ain't really doing too much in the running game. All of a sudden, he has that, that, that legendary you know, bring the wood game when he bought the baseball bat out against Arizona and balled out. Next thing you know, every time Reggie Bush come around the city, you got people uh, stopping in the middle of the street while he doing commentary, chanting his name. 
So the way that Jameis Winston can change the narrative of what people think about him is simply winning, going out there, executing, and, and, and really just going out there, making the Saints a high-powered offense, something that resembles when the Saints were, like I want to say, like, maybe like 2000, what, 2012 or something like that, when it was like the new greatest show on turf, when they had Darren Sproles and Jimmy Graham and, if you resemble something like that, then I think a lot of people are going to change the way that they think about Jameis Winston. And I think that he's going to embrace that. You know, this isn't a guy that, that, that doesn't really understand what people think about him. He understands that he understands. And not only that, he embraces it. You know what I'm saying? He embraces the challenge of changing what people think about him. And he's really making those necessary steps to do so. So I just feel like people who, already have these reservations about Jameis, I feel like you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not giving this guy an opportunity to change what you may think about him. Because if I'm a guessing man or a betting man, I'm pretty sure that he's going to be the starter for the New Orleans Saints. I, I'm, I'm serious. Like, if we're just being honest, I, I think anybody that's really just thinking that, you know, Taysom is just going to blow him out to a point where Sean is going to be you know, just content with him just being the quarterback over Jameis, I think you're sadly mistaken. Uh, I, I really just feel like Jameis Winston is most likely going to be the starter for the New Orleans Saints, and I think we just going to have to embrace that, those that that may not care that much for him. And I understand this, man. I understand that you got a lot of Saints fans out here. Um, they have that Drew Brees effect. So anything that doesn't resemble Drew Brees isn't like Drew Brees, you know, we we don't want it because Drew Brees is the standard. Drew Brees is what resembles success. It, it is recognizable success, right? So when you hear Taysom say stuff like, I follow Drew Brees around, I, I, I have the same schedule as Drew Brees, um, I work out like Drew Brees, I, I get with Drew Brees' team, and, and you know what I'm saying, I'm working out with them, I'm in a classroom like Drew. When you hear stuff like that, you're like, okay, you know what I'm saying? So he really getting it. He, he trying to resemble his game like he drew breeze you know so when you hear that kind of stuff you like okay i understand because i mean look how successful drew was but at the same time man look he's not drew breeze and neither is james all right but like i said if i'm a, I'm a if i'm a guessing man if i'm a betting man i'm going to say that james is most likely going to be the starter of the new orleans saints and i just feel like once again if you are not giving this guy an opportunity to change the narrative, you're doing yourself a disservice. If you're wishing this guy fail, then you're really doing yourself a disservice because if he fails, the team fails. That's that's rather as Taysom or Jameis or whoever. I don't care who the starter is. You know, I want them to win. I wish them success. But I, I just hope that uh, Jameis can go out there and just ball out, be himself, and I think the rest is going to take care of itself. And uh, once again, just get a guy opportunity if he ends up being a starter. That, that's all I ask. I, I see people arguing, going back and forth, still talking about this man taking crab legs and all that kind of stuff. Man, we act as if we're perfect, right? We act like we Job or something like that. Act like we perfect and upright. You know what I'm saying? Like we ain't never did nothing wrong. A lot of us, if if you know, if we lived in, during the time of social media, um, camera phones, and all that kind of stuff when we were kids. A lot of the things and a lot of the, the comments that we have, we'll probably want to keep them to ourselves. We act as if we don't do things wrong, right? We act as if, you know, we probably never have stolen anything or lied or, or cheated. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. Like, let's just be real about this. We've all done something that requires us to apologize or feel horrible about, right? But we shouldn't let those things define us, right? We we moved on from that. We became better people, which I, I hope we became better people, right? You know, we became better people in the process. So allow this guy to, allow this guy to change the narrative. I'm I'm willing to embrace this guy. I'm willing to embrace the fact that he's taken upon himself to, to do the necessary steps to make himself a better quarterback. We don't know if it's going to work out or not, but I'm willing to give him a chance. But this has been the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Before you go, give your boy a golden thumbs up. Let everybody know how much you enjoyed the show. And also, the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Go to Manscaped.com, use the promo code State of Saints, and you will save 20% off of your purchase. 20% off, okay? Manscaped.com, use the promo code State of Saints. You will save 20% off. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, YouTube.com. Search the State of the Saints podcast. Facebook.com, search the State of the Saints podcast. Previous episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. I actually recorded this show um, probably um, while you're listening to this show. I'm actually on the road right now. I'm heading home uh, to Mississippi to visit uh, my family. So uh, that's the reason why I didn't go live. And I will be going live uh, throughout the week. I'm bringing my equipment with me. Uh, My grandmother is excited about it. I'm going to probably be doing some shows at her house. Uh, so really excited about that, man. Really excited to go home, visit the family and, uh, hope everybody out there has a, uh, safe and productive day, evening, night, whenever you're checking out this podcast. All right. You all take care. And like always, all I got to say is who that.